Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nicole. And I'm Gina. And today we are dishing about marriage over time and how not to foster resentment in your marriage. Uh, But first, a little catching up. Gina, what's going on? Oh boy. Well, we are, I feel like, no, we have, we've been planning this trip for two years because of COVID and everything. And there's just so much that goes into it. Ah, I've never planned so much for a vacation, but we're going to Disney. And I think it's just the, the fear of the unknown because I haven't been there in so long. And there's, if you read anything about Disney, it's a diatribe of information. And rather than just going to the beach or going, you know, to the mountains or whatever, the Disney, it's like you have to read books to learn about what to do, how to do it, you know, how to survive, which park to go to, which days. To, I mean, there is just so much information. So I'm overwhelmed, but, you know, I think it's finally coming to an end. I'll be kind of glad when this is over, but, you know, that sounds negative. How long are but you guys going for again? We're going for a week. Oh. Yeah, it's going to be a long. No, six days. I shouldn't say a week, but yeah, six days, almost a week. And yeah, it's it's going to be a lot, but I'm really excited. It's just the whole packing. Like, what do we need to bring? Oh my gosh, it's just, it's overwhelming. But it's finally here after they'll two all, years of planning. They'll have it all there, right? It'll be four times the cost of anywhere else, but they will have it. You will be able to get whatever you need, right? Yes, That's the true. beauty of being in the US at least. Yes, that is very true. In fact, Nick was just like, I'm going to have Amazon send me a new Apple Watch band to our hotel. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you sound like... I don't know who says that. I mean, lots of people do, but I don't know. It just sounded very privileged. Um, I'm going to have Amazon send me a new Apple Watch band to my hotel in Disney. Oh, Lord. Okay. Uh, So, yes, I'm excited about that. It'll be fun. We're going to have a whole episode on our Disney trip coming up, I think, in April, actually. So, yeah. Valentine's Day is coming up and Cameron's birthday. Cameron's birthday is a week after Valentine's Day. So, we're just kind of planning for that. Poor guy. It's so much easier for us to have parties for Paige because she's got a summer birthday. I don't. And plus, she's older. So she kind of has more, quote unquote, friends, I guess. He, you know, he's still in preschool. Most of his friends are girls, which is totally fine. But I'm just not as into throwing parties for him in in the winter. It's just so different. And that's not fair. I have a winter birthday, too. And but I was also an only child for a long time. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're going to Legoland for his birthday. I'll talk about that probably more on, on an upcoming podcast, but that's what we decided to do. Also looking ahead to summer already because around here, all the summer activities go live in February. And oh my gosh, I'm I'm just so excited for summer. I don't, I don't know. I, I started thinking to myself, okay, we're taking our vacation in February, which kind of leaves no vacation over the summer, which kind of started making me sad because I really, with, with the days that I get off for vacation, I don't have enough to take two big vacations a year um, because then I also take off a whole week over Christmas and that'll change in a couple of years though, actually in one year. Woo-hoo! Anyway, I've decided that we still want to do some little mini vacations. So I booked a little trip, an Airbnb to Indianapolis to meet up with a friend. We're going to meet halfway. She lives in Chicago. We're going to meet her and her kids in Indianapolis in an Airbnb with a hot tub. I'm obsessed with hot tubs. We're going to do a two night camping tent trip. And then we're also going to go to Kings Island for a couple of nights, which is a, an amusement park about two hours south of Columbus. So we've got some mini little trips planned, which will break up our our summer. So I'm excited about that. And that's it. What about you? Um, Now that we're all done with COVID, our friends who they're like our we call them like our Montessori friends, but just the friends that we met through the kids Montessori for years and years. They throw the best parties. And so a couple of times, it started with Halloween. They always had a Halloween party. It's kind of a joke now. I'm like, we need more parties because their house is just, it is like the house you want to be at. I kind of joked that, you know, October of this year was like, or sorry, last year was kind of when COVID was really ramping up. And I just remember thinking, this is so many people and I'm like, somebody's going to get COVID and everything was fine. Um, but now that the numbers are, you know, dramatically down, my family is we're good. Um, yeah. And so anyway, I'm super looking forward to the Super Bowl party that they're throwing. 
uh, I kind of threw out the idea of like a, a Mexican theme, like a fiesta. And so we're going to do like burrito bowls. It just sounds so much so fun. I'm going to bring guacamole. Anyway, I'm just super excited because we, like a lot of people, have spent so much time inside our home that I am just ready to get out of here. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited for the Super Bowl. And also my my bestie since birth, her husband is like a diehard Bengals fan, like <laughs> diehard <laughs> So like crazy Bengals fan. And so I'm super excited to watch the game. Like I have yeah. a I have a little vested interest. <laughs> I don't know. Um <laughs> Yeah, I had definitely have this is the most interest I have in an NFL Super Bowl game ever than ever before. I mean, I'm two hours away from Cincinnati here in Columbus. So I'm definitely I've never been so excited for a Super Bowl uh game. And when I say I've never been so excited, I'm still only five percent excited. So <laughs> That's funny. Well, the last time we celebrated the Super Bowl, I don't know if you remember this, was uh, two years. Yeah, February of 2020. So right before the pandemic started. Do you remember when Mark and I got that crazy idea to have all of the hockey people? Yeah. I don't remember the number, but I I think it was north of 50 people, south of 100. But it was so many people. Oh, my god! I should look back in my pictures because I remember taking a picture of just all the shoes by the front door. And I was like, oh, my Lord. Like, that is, it looks like a shoe <laughs> store, like bomb went off. Uh, but that was like the last time we, so it's been like two years since anything yeah. Super Bowl. Anyway, I, I'm just excited. And then this is super random. Uh, but I'm, <laughs> it's a ways out from your vacation. But I am trying to just get a little organized for our trip to Bora Bora. And I found a two-piece, Gina, on, of course, Amazon. Mark yeah. talks about in, our, in his interview on the show today <laughs> about the Amazon man. But I ordered, no joke, 20 different two-pieces. I sent 19 of them back. But the one that I kept, it is cute. And I and so for at 36, <laughs> soon to be 37, I guess, by the time <laughs> I wear it, I'm going to wear a two-piece. That's awesome. So what what made you so interested in getting a two-piece? You bought 22 pieces because you clearly wanted to wear a two-piece. What was your motivation behind that? I'm, curious, I'm just I completely curious. I, I, maybe it's body acceptance. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it was listening to Christina Bruce. I, I, I don't know, but I'm, um, I give less hoots every yeah. day that goes on. I don't know. It's I, love it. I find myself just caring a little bit less in some ways. I mean, I, I love my Botox. We've talked about that, but mm. I am I've I think I've actually posted a few pictures of me recently without makeup on. And three years ago, two years ago even, I would have never done that. And I just yeah. don't care anymore. Like I don't yeah. care. Uh yeah, I don't is that part of getting older? I don't know. But I'm not gonna know anyone there. You you know, usually if around here I see people if I'm at the beach at the pool. Like, yeah. I don't know that I want to people to see. I'm not that, you know, confident with my body, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident I'm not going to see anybody in Bora Bora. So I'm going to go yeah. for it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, the reason I ask, I personally think that one pieces are just so much cuter. I don't know. I, whenever oh. I'm looking for bathing suits, I always, I never find cute two pieces. So I'm excited to see what you ended up finding. Um, I, are you going to post a link? Cause I would like to look at it. I, I do sure. like the idea of wearing a two piece, uh, but yeah, I just always, am so much more, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I just love the look of two of, of one pieces these days. I just think that they do such a good yeah. job. They're just so fun and funky. And then two pieces never strike me as that interesting, but I'd like to see it. Well, here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> I should have had Mark <laughs> talk about this in his interview which does nothing for today's topic, but the whole high-waisted thing, it can be really overdone. Like it looks frumpy. I'm, I look at these women and I'm like, you're, you have a killer body and you're wearing that. Like, yeah. I don't, it's very interesting to me. And Mark hates high-waisted stuff. The whole mom jeans, like he cannot do it. He is just like, he is a hard <laughs> no on mom jeans and anything high-waisted. So I, I think that for my body type, I had to strike the balance between high-waisted without being I don't know, like 60s. To me, that is yes. like a 60s yes. kind of look. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. somewhere in between. Okay. I'll post it. Oh, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. All right. Well, before we begin, just a quick favor to ask. Since you like this podcast, please write us a review. Reviews on iTunes are everything to us, and they really help us reach more people. So, of course, we'd appreciate it. Awesome. And today, we are touching base with our spouses. We are going to have the guys on the show. 
for a candid discussion around our marriages and how they've changed over time, areas where resentment may have reared its ugly head in the past or present. And so first, uh, we're going to be joined by Gina and Nick, followed by myself and my husband, Mark. And we are going to discuss the same set of questions as couples together. So without further ado, here we go. Here's Gina and Nick. All right. I'm here with Nick. And I read him these questions once, but it was a while ago. So we'll see how he does. All right. So Nick, what is something you miss about our relationship in those early days or even when we were dating early on or even when we first got married? And what do you think caused the change that maybe occurred that is the reason why you miss it? So something clearly happened and what has caused it, whatever you, whatever you miss. I guess the most, the thing I miss most is the ability to be spontaneous. Uh, we have no ability to be spontaneous or to just react to a situation just because of kids and finances and mortgage and so on and so forth. So that would be the one thing and really the only thing that I miss about when we first started dating and and even just when we first started, you know, to to be married and, and before kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I think that's probably the biggest thing, if not one of the only things that has changed. And that's a significant thing. It doesn't sound like a big deal, spontaneity, but it really is huge. Because it's the beginning domino that then changes whether you can go out for date night, whether you can get a babysitter, whether you can go on vacation, whether you can extend a vacation, whether you can so on and so forth. And I think with COVID, that's made it obviously a hundred times worse, um, at least in the last, yeah. Well, especially this year. I think COVID almost affected us more this year. Eh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I would agree with that one for sure. Okay, Nick. Change isn't always bad and the grass isn't always greener. So what's an aspect of our relationship that has improved or strengthened over the years? And is there anything about us that you value now more than you did nearly 20 years ago? Jeez. Um, so for reference, we've been married since um, 2012. I always want to say 2009. That's so embarrassing. But we've been dating since 2006. But anyway, so yes, it's almost been 20 years of dating-ish or being together at least. The aspect that I think is improved or strengthened is just our bond, our ability to read one another in situations and hopefully understand better as to the needs that each one of us has in our day-to-day. Um, I think that has strengthened greatly over time and over the trials and tribulations of a relationship and kids and fights and all the things that go into it. So I think that would be the thing that has strengthened us, you know, our, our bond, our, our love for one another. <laughs> so cheesy. Yeah, okay. So thinking about that last part of the question, is there anything about us that you value now more than you did nearly 20 years ago? I'll, I think for me, when we first started dating, I don't know if this is really answers the question, but I didn't really think too much about how you would be as a dad. I don't know. I didn't really go that far. I was just thinking about you as a husband. I never really took the the next step as how will he be as a dad. Uh, I certainly saw you around other kids. And quite honestly, I was a little bit concerned. <laughs> I don't like kids. I don't. I don't yeah. like, I don't like kids. That's true. I I was nervous about it too. I, my nieces, I I was not really into them. I didn't want to babysit. I didn't, it's terrible to say, especially since this is being recorded, but it's true until I had kids and then I understood what it meant. But still, again, sometimes I find myself just um, loving my children very much. But sometimes you find yourself just loving your, what does that mean? Not necessarily loving other people's kids. Oh, just, I see. You find yourself only love. Okay. I got it. Got it. Just, you know, it just takes me a while to warm up to, to other children. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that actually. Um, but I do like kids. I, I babysat as a kid, but I would say for me, that's what I value more, obviously because we have kids. So it's easy for me to, to value that, but I'm, glad that even though I didn't think about it a whole lot when we were dating, that it ended up being a good thing having you as the, as the father to my children. So yes, I appreciate that. Okay. So 
Nick, can you identify anything that you or I do to keep connected as a couple? Or perhaps uh, perhaps you could identify some things that we could do better to ensure our marriage is nurtured. Nurtured. Uh, I think we do lots of things, you know, your date nights and, and stuff like that as much as we possibly can. Counseling obviously um, makes a big difference and, and helps you be able to have conversations outside of your comfort zone um, with somebody else there that kind of kind of mediate and help you talk through those things. Um, I think those are, are things that help, um, you know, guide us and help make us a better, stronger couple. Um, but also doing things just as a family. Um, although doing things individually with our children is great. Um, I definitely think doing things, the four of us is, is especially as Cameron has now gotten out of that super annoying phase. It's, it's fun to do things, the four of us. And I think that helps strengthen our marriages as, as well as, as those individual things that we do. I think we could do better. We've all, we always talk about it. It's always a goal of ours to go on more dates it's just become increasingly difficult. And I will tell you, expensive. well, it's not even just expensive. It's just really hard to find unique um, experiences around Columbus, I will say, because there's so many things. But man, they always get booked up. Everything that's cool to do, you have to, you have to reserve months ahead of time. So sometimes the easiest thing for us to do is just go out and get a bite to eat or a drink. But we can certainly do that more often and it's been it's been hard in the winter months and it's been hard with just some of the issues we've had family you know regarding family but i think that continuing to do that and making time for ourselves together alone not with kids actually will continue to improve our bond and uh, i think that will start to get a little bit easier just as we navigate all of our as we start to understand our children a little bit better and we, and we become better parents i would say but we do a really good job of taking advantage of the time that we do have alone. For example, you know, cause Nick works from home and so, and I'm able to, to leave for lunch and we'll go to, you know, do lunch dates and even just talk on the phone. I, I know that the other day, Nick told me that he gets kind of lonely at work. And so I just picked up the phone and called him. And did you appreciate that? I did very much. So it's the little things I think that are just really important. All right. I think it's fair to say that most spouses complain about or have disappointment or frustration in response to their spouse at times. Of course, not you, Nick. I'd like for us each to describe what those patterns or situations tend to be. Uh, oh my gosh, this is funny too, because right before we started recording this, we got in a little argument about, do you want to tell them what, what you think I did? Because this is, this is a tiff that we often get into. And here's the thing. I am someone who, if I make a threat to our kids, I will follow through with it. So for example, if I say, don't do that or else I'm going to do this and then they do that, I will do this. Nick has a hard time following through with that. And sometimes we we argue about that, but that's, I guess, more to do with the kids. But I also have a hard time because your first initial conversation is usually do or die where I believe your first initial conversation should be and setting the expectation, um, giving that first step, that expectation, then the warning. And then if the expectation is not met, then the punishment, not just straight to the punishment. No, I, I, I don't disagree with that. Okay. So what, what else? What? Okay. And again, this has to do with the kids. And this is something that we are talking with Terry, our marriage counselor, about quite, quite a bit. And I think it has a lot to do with Nick's job. He's just, he tends to carry, he tends to carry a lot of stress. And especially during the week, he has, he's got a very short fuse. And I think the biggest thing that my, my biggest complaint about Nick and something that we're working through in counseling is his temper. And not to say that you have a temper. Actually, I wouldn't even say that you have a temper, but I maybe lately with the kids, it just all the yelling and it's not just you. It's just the kids are so loud. And then just because you're a man, like I'll, I'll yell at the same tenor, but yet yours is louder because you're a guy and that's not really fair, but I'm just so sick of all the yelling and the loudness just, you know, from the kids. And then, you know, when you get annoyed with the kids, you get loud 
And that is something that it sounds trite, but I, it drives me bonkers. I guess I'm, it's weird for me to say this, but I feel like I'm a more calm person, even though I think in the past I used to say that you were the more calm person. But since having kids, I feel like I've become that. And now I sort of crave calmness. And then when I don't get it after work, I kind of lose it. Which is surprising because your job is no not very stressful during the day. And you would think that when you came home from work, that a little bit of chaos and stress would be manageable, more manageable compared to for me, when I come home, it's like when there's chaos and stress, I need the calm. I need the slowing down, breathing. Okay. Well, that's what I'm saying, but you don't bring it. You don't bring the calm. You bring the loud short fuse. (laughs) No, and that's what I need to do better at. Yeah. I need to do better. Okay, good. So I think that's one of our biggest arguments. What about you, Nick? What would you think is your, um, what do you most complain about when it comes to me? Or what, what, what do I need to work on to be a better spouse for you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not. <laughs> um, what do you need? You need to learn to not put things in front of doors that you want. Like if you want a bag of trash to go out, you'll put the bag of trash in front of the door. And so I have to, if I, if you know I'm going out the door, then I have to move your trash to yeah. take it outside. That's the point. Yeah, that that one gets me a lot. It's kind of like when you leave your dirty smoothie cup in the sink and don't even rinse it out. You just leave it there all day. Or that was a long time ago. I did, I did see that all the time. Um, what do you, what's the question? What else, what else do you complain about when it comes to me? Or what else can I work on? I shouldn't, we should, you know, put a, a yeah, positive I'll, spin on it. I'll be serious about it. That was, um, I would say you're listening. Um, you're, you're listening, you're active listening. You're listening to understand. You're listening to not respond, um, which is hard for you because uh, I forget what the stat is, but I feel like you, you can talk like nine times faster than you can listen or something like that. Um, so it, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's that. Yeah, I guess I agree. I've never been a good listener. That was always on my report cards in elementary school, the area of need improvement. She is not a good listener. I would listen to books being read out loud and they would just, I, I, I was a terrible listener. I could never recite what the teacher said. Thank goodness Paige is, is not showing those same signs. Uh, so yes, I, I do agree. I could be a better active listener. I do listen to respond and, uh, I'm working on that. All right. Are there times, if you're being honest, that you've resented your spouse, even if it was just situational? Yes. Uh, elaborate. Do you want me to elaborate? Um, uh, I think I, my love language, the appreciation, like we were just talking about, Um, you know, every human has that need to be appreciated. It's the core value of human humanity. Um, so yeah, I think for me, it's the lack, sometimes the lack of appreciation, but it's not because of, um, always because of you. Sometimes it's the situation. Sometimes it's a culmination of lots of different things, but yeah, I would say that that uh, lack of appreciation sometimes leads to resentment, um, which sometimes, you know, happens without you even noticing that it happens. Mm-hmm. I guess I would agree the same thing, because actually my love language is words of affirmation. And I never would have guessed that until I actually thought my love language was physical touch until I took the quiz. And then it was words of affirmation. And I actually do completely agree with that now that I really think about it. And I do sometimes resent you for not giving me enough. We both do so much and it's just so good to just hear a a thank you or I appreciate that you did X, Y, Z or whatever. Uh, Just hearing a thank you, it just means so much. It's just the same thing as if you hear it from your boss, you know, it's good to hear a thank you or you're appreciated or good job every once in a while. Uh, So yeah, everyone loves appreciation. So I, I agree with that one. So I'll work on it. You can too. I think for me also, and this has also come up in our in our meetings with Terry recently, is that, you know, clearly I became a dietitian because I'm very passionate about wellness and keeping myself fit and healthy and, and well. And 
I think sometimes I resent Nick because he, I feel, doesn't have the same focus. And I have always been one to try to change people, which is definitely a fault of mine. Uh, Obviously, I, I can't, you know, fix everyone. And that's not why I'm here. That's not my job, especially for my husband. I'll do what I can. And <laughs> he's laughing. Uh, but it is hard sometimes when I know there are certain things that you could do better. And you're my husband. I love you. I want to grow old with you. I want to have grandchildren with you. And sometimes it is hard for me to watch you not take the best care of yourself. Not to say that he doesn't because I'm extremely healthy. Like, I mean, come on. Right. I've set a high bar, but do more than the average 43 year old. He does. He has some areas of opportunity. And my numbers prove it. His cholesterol numbers, please. All, all of my numbers. Are better than yours. But it's not just about numbers. I think mental health, uh, specifically, it's not just physical health. Uh, you know, social health. There's all the different you know dimensions of wellness. And I am not saying that there are not wellness dimensions that I need to work on because there absolutely are. But. I think we could both use some improvement, but sometimes I feel like I focus on more on that than he does. And sometimes I wish that he focused on it more. But so I yes, <laughs> but he won't ever. That's fair. I'm trying to let it go. All right. Lastly, let's set a goal as a couple. What is one thing we could work on as a couple to help strengthen our marriage? It could be a shared goal or an individual goal for each of us. And what do you think? I know we've already sort of talked about this, especially with the new year, new year's resolutions, yada, yada. But I think for sure, the biggest thing we can do is continue to once a month, have Terry come into our house and do a counseling session with us. It has been the best uh, money spent, I would say, in our marriage so far. We've seen probably three marriage counselors and not to say that sounds dire, like we've been to three marriage counselors. No, we, you know, through my EAP at work, we get free counseling. So I've just been taking advantage of it. Sometimes it'll just be me. Sometimes it'll be me and Nick. And honestly, I think we've gone to each of those three, maybe three times total. And none of them really stuck because it just, we weren't getting anywhere. Would you say, would you agree? I would agree. Yeah, it wasn't. Well, the one that we, the the virtual ones are difficult. Um, We did do a couple in person prior to COVID that were, that were good, but it's hard when you only go once a month to get kind of that, you know, rapport with somebody, um, and having Terry in the house with the kids and being there, uh, kind of just made it much easier for us to be able to, what's the best way to say it, cut to the chase as far as counseling for us. Well, she's able to actually be here when a lot of what brings us the most issues happens, you know, so all the things that we just talked about that happen mainly in our house, a lot of those situations, she gets to see it and then kind of walk us through it, which I think is, is just extremely helpful. And there's no other way to do it, in my opinion. So I think that's for sure a goal is continuing to see her once a month is there anything else you can think of uh, for a a goal for us as a couple this year or this month even short term long term surviving disney (laughs) yeah that's a good one surviving disney as a couple and and with our two kids we're going with another family as well and yeah that's a good one so marriage counseling once a month and survive disney (laughs) i love it all right anything else you want to add nick i think i'm done that's it all right i love you I love you. All right. I'm here with my cutie husband, Mark. Uh, And I'm going to ask the same set of questions as Gina. So kicking us off, Mark, what is something you miss about our relationship in those early days of either dating or marriage? And what do you think caused any changes? Kids, work, stress, physical changes, changes in me, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, I think that you know, anytime a relationship is new, there's that newness and passion and putting the relationship or the other person kind of at the center of everything, you know, and evolving your life around that. So I think whether it's kids or dogs or houses or jobs, 
you know, all of those things cause that, you know, putting the other person at the center to fade. And I think that it's hard to recreate that or, you know, uh, make that come back. I think it's impossible. It just happens over time. All those other things start to take a percentage of time here, a percentage of time there. And so, you know, I think in terms of, you know, how can you do something about that or or what's caused those changes? I mean, I think the only thing you can try to do to interact that is try to, you know, set aside time and, and try to create those events, you know, from time to time where you put one another at the center, you put the relationship at the center, but it's not easy because all those other things are still obviously there. So you can't recreate the passion or the newness or the putting the other person at the center that's at the beginning of a, any relationship. Would you say that you do a better job of trying to keep this, the newness, the freshness, the funness in our relationship than me? I don't know. I mean, I think it just varies from time to time based on what each of our stressors are and what's going on in life and work. I mean, I think maybe slightly, but you know, I, I would say yes, slightly. I agree. You're, you're a fun guy. You can be. <laughs> All right. Change isn't always bad and the grass isn't always greener, right? What is an aspect of our relationship that has improved or strengthened over the years? And a lot of listeners know, but I'm 36 and we've been together since I was 18. You were 23. You were, you were an old man coming after me, the freshman, but uh, what's strengthened our relationship or what's improved over the years? And is there anything about us that you value now more than you did a long, long time ago? Still an old man, just older. Uh, But on that point, you know, I think that we've learned each other's strengths and weaknesses more. And so, whereas before, you know, when maybe again, we didn't have dogs and houses and all those other stressors, and we were putting each other at the center, it was easy to, you know, if we were disagreeing on something, it was easier to just walk away, right? Especially since we did distance for a long time. I mean, we did distance when I was in Italy and when you were in school and I was in Michigan. And so I think that if we had a disagreement on something, it wasn't like we were physically seeing each other every day or even every week in some instances. And so I think it was easier to just, you know, kind of walk away and then when you had when you got over it or or bored or whatever you could come back to one another whereas i think it took a long time to kind of understand each other's strengths and weaknesses and not go your separate ways when something's not going well but you know kind of understand each other's perspectives and and appreciate those perspectives and and realize that you know those differences are just things you have to live with and work through versus kind of like okay, I don't agree. So I'm just going to tell you I don't agree and go away and then come back a few days later. I don't think we have that luxury anymore, but I think it's also, you know, helped us to grow together and, you know, just be better at life because of that. I would say I have the exact opposite response because when we were in those initial days, because there is so much newness and passion and fun and all consuming love of whatever is going on in this new relationship, if I was, if you like made me mad, which you did regularly, much more so then than you do now, I would just see red and it was, it was all consuming. I, w- I couldn't study. I was like, I would blow up your phone. Now, if you make me mad, I, I, I mean, we still have kids like, like every, like the show must go on. So I kind of compartmentalize my frustration now. And I don't know if that's good or bad. I think it can sometimes lead to maybe not talking it out or, or whatnot. So I would maybe we, have those different experiences at different times and we've somehow met in the middle over nearly 20 years what do you think maybe you just care less now <laughs> oh my goodness i know you're not going anywhere um i hope i know that sounds bad <laughs> no that's a bad response all right can you identify anything that you or i do to keep connected as a couple or perhaps it would be easier to identify things that I or we could do better to ensure that our marriage is nurtured. I think we've talked about on a previous podcast or husband's tell all or one of those that, you know, I think we do a pretty good job of date nights. We're pretty religious about those. Uh, We typically take, you know, pre-COVID at least one to two couples only type of vacations a year. Um, 
However, that being said, I think sometimes we still get into a bit of a routine, even on those items. So I think we need to kind of challenge each other to spice those up, do different things. I would say in general, we're at a stage of life where, you know, event-based quality time, new experiences, whether it's as a family or as a couple are kind of the important things versus, well, I mean, you still buy a lot of items. The Amazon man is here pretty much multiple times a day, FedEx, UPS, USPS. They all know us well. Sometimes they can't get in and out of our driveway because one's blocking the other end. But besides that point, I think that generally, uh, at least myself, it's less material-based and more event-based. And so I think that in order to stay connected as a couple and quite frankly, as a family, you know, doing those new event-based things, it doesn't matter whether it's vacation or sporting events or Taekwondo testing with our daughter or whatever. I think that those are all items that, you know, help nurture our marriage and nurture our family and, and, you know, help us be better at, uh, at keeping things lively and enjoyable. That was too flowery. What do I do that does not nurture our marriage? Or is that coming in a future question? I know you have responses here. Well, the next question is about complaints. So I I was saving all those for the next question. (laughs) All right, fair. Uh, I guess we do do a fairly good job of honoring date night, although not in recent months. Like we're going out tonight and that's the first time just you and I alone in quite some time. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, Yeah. Other items to ensure our, our marriage is nurtured. I think for me, it's pressing pause on all of the background noise to focus on you. And I know that's probably something that you're going to touch on in a, in a, he's shaking his head at me. All right. Uh, I could do a lot better at this. I know that I could. I think that you're a little bit better in this regard, but I think my feedback to you to stay connected as a couple would be understanding my love language, which is all of them. (laughs) Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. And you struggle with that. Do you agree? You just have to look into my eyes and read the words. And yours is touch. And that's not, that's like my number five. So we struggle, I would say, both of us to meet this need and nurture the marriage that way. Fair? Touch is one or two. Quality time is also one or two. And you struggle with that as well. (laughs) Oh my goodness. All right. Fair to say that most spouses complain or have disappointment or frustration in response to their spouse at times. That's I think we agree there. I'd like for us each to describe what those patterns or situations tend to be in our marriage. You can go first. Oh, um, I think just to keep it simple, it would be selfishness uh, and not putting the family unit ahead of your needs. Not that that's a consistent trait, but it's a very outward thing that I see. For example, it might be like bath time. Mark loves baths. He likes to sleep a lot more than anybody else in the house. Uh, He has weird eating routines on the weekend where he likes to eat at like 11 p.m. And that just doesn't work with a family with elementary school kids. So there's just a a few things that he's, um, I would say, just puts blinders on about the needs of the family. And when I bring up those topics for discussion so that we can maybe meet on more um, fair, fair ground, he'll he's a very good uh, negotiator. And and he's he's like a defense attorney. He, He pleads his case and he like shuts me down completely and then I get mad and rinse repeat. Uh, but he will argue to the death his point and make it very clear. Uh, and I, I'm I'm left feeling unheard, I guess you could say. So I think selfishness is is the is the primary. You I like how you're talking to me about me in the third person when I'm one foot away <laughs> from you in the same room. He this, mark that. Got it. Sorry. We're we're going back to First person, is that what this is? I'm going to say you, you all, y'alls. Anyway, for you, I think the you, for you, Nicole, or he, she, 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 Nicole, or, or she's, anyway, uh, 
technology at the dinner table, I think, has become one recently for you. And it's not like an emergency work call or whatever. We spend about 6.3 minutes a night at this dinner table with the four of us. No exaggeration. Probably one of us is done in two minutes and the other one's done in six. So maybe it's four minutes, not six. I don't know. But you, yeah, it's like just text messages and Insta Twitter and, and whatever y'all, you know, you can't get off that for even two minutes, which I admit we're both, you know, technology focused for our jobs, you know, in the evenings, we're both on our technology, watching TV, multitasking with technology. But I think at the dinner table, that's one that's been uh, a complaint just in the last few weeks that I think, um, you know, I would bring up, I would say other than that, the the bigger one or the longer term one is more, you know, that when you're stressed or busy or distracted or whatever, it's difficult to get you to focus on us as a couple, um, sometimes even us as a family. Um, but I would say that that's been kind of a long term type of issue or a long term type of thing where it's like you're you just mentioned earlier, you're able to compartmentalize. I don't think in all instances you can. And I think that that's one where it's just, you know, in any given day, you know, I may resent that you're kind of unavailable by choice, in my opinion. Right. Like, I mean, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And it's like, no, like, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm in this mood. And what can I do about this mood? Well, you know, you're not even going to admit that you're in a mood. So anyway, that's what I would say. PMS. I don't don't, I'm just uh, the- well, you realize it afterwards. So, I mean, it's not like I'm making it up because sometimes you'll blog about it or mention it later. So, I mean, I don't think I'm, it's in my head or I'm making it up. I just think it's one of those where it's like in the moment it is what it is. So I might as well just go to bed or take a bath. Right. Cause I mean, I might as well be selfish if you're not going to participate. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yep. Agreed. I'm a work in progress, baby. Uh, are there times, if you're being honest, that you've resented me and I you, even if it was situational? I, I mean, resentment's an interesting word because I think that there's times where we're not happy with one another, where I'm not happy with you or where I resent your perspective on a situation or your decision in a situation. But I think resentment's a little bit too strong of a word because I think if you hold resentment, then, you know, I'm just the type of person where you got to say, I disagree, I don't agree, or I'm not doing that, or I am doing that, and then move on. So I would say, no, I mean, there's situations or events in our past and currently that I'm not happy with, or that I don't like or appreciate, or, or we have a different perspective on, you know, and it could be anything from, you know, vaccines for our kids to, you know, a hundred different things. But I, I mean, if I held resentment about it, I just don't think it would be good for anybody. So I just, I don't, I mean, not that you can necessarily control that, but no, I would say generally speaking, I try to move past any negative events and, and, you know, I think it's healthy to try to do so. Do I do a lesser job at this? Do you hold more resent for to- resentment towards me? Yes, for sure. Any guesses what I'm resentful towards you about? Well, I think you've already mentioned it. I mean, I think you, your perception of selfishness, like it's very interesting, right? I mean, because I think that you, you, I just think we have different types of balance and for ourselves and for the family and for each other. And I just think that, you know, sometimes you see it from your perspective and I see it from my perspective. And so I think you're, you get resentful within a given day if you feel like you've done more of the load or you've had more stress. I don't think you really even take the time sometimes to ask or realize like what my day was like or how that weighs out. And if you did, like I said, I'd probably make it into a, a, an arbitration or, you know, I'd say, okay, let's say how many hours you spent on stressful things and how many hours I spent on stressful things. And you probably wouldn't like the, the, formulaic approach that I would take to that. Cause I'd probably say, Oh, see, look, your day really wasn't as stressful or you really haven't. I'm really not more selfish than you. Cause look at when you went and got this massage or got your nails done or your hair did or whatever the case may be. So 
anyway, I think you do hold more resentment resentment as uh, specifically related to like household tasks and all of that uh, or selfishness, as you call it. But I think then when we actually get out the pencil and paper and do the calculation, maybe you even get more resentful because you're like, oh, crap, like I'm resentful and I don't have a reason to be. So now I'm even more resentful. And we have gone around and around about that before. Uh, I would say even pre-kids, we did get out a pencil and paper and we wrote down like kind of the must-dos of running a household, like lawn care, dog poop duty, laundry, cleaning, like whatever it was, right? And I did realize formulaically, is that a word? Is is that a word? I don't know. Can be. (laughs) Okay. We're going with it. It was more fair than I thought. And I think I, if I'm being honest, that was a helpful exercise for me. I don't know. Do you think some couples would benefit from doing that as well? Well, I mean, I think, again, we don't all value or, you know, some things take a short period of time. Like you always said, like mowing the grass. Well, you only have to do that in the summer or snow blowing. You only have to do that in the winter. Like dishes have to be done every day or meals have to be cooked every day. And I think that that's true. Right. But that's also, again, perspective. If you take all of your chores, tasks, whatever, write them down on a piece of paper and say, you pick one, I pick one, you pick one, I pick one. Then and you're, you know, in an attempt to be 50 50, which is not really realistic. But let's say you can do that. You both have full time jobs or or neither of you have full time jobs or whatever the case may be on the chores. It may not make sense to be 50 50. But if your perception is it should be 70 30 or 60 40 and it's not then write them all down. I mean, that's great. If you think that picking up dog poop is once a week and cooking is once a night, then I guess that you're going to pick dog poop as the first chore you want to do on the list and it'll all work out. So that's my perspective. You can have all the poop. Oh my goodness. That's funny. Uh, I would say my response here with resentment is being the default parent. And I don't, I think this could just be something that whoever, I think it's, you know, traditionally the mother of the family um, in families with children. But I think sometimes, and I'm not being an organized person, a timely person, I struggle in a lot of ways with just like life management. Being the default parent is also just a mental load and I can I can be a bit resentful about that cuz sometimes I'm not even quite sure that you you realize all that goes into it but I think more so I just remember there's just something about the second you have a kid as a woman especially if you're breastfeeding that is just like oh my gosh you're strapped to this thing for the rest of you know for at least the next 18 years I just vividly remember right after having our oldest Shay that she, we, your parents, I think were here or my parents, somebody was here and we went to like the, the pub, like right up the street, like this sports bar and we were having dinner and it was like this clock started. And I was like, my boobs have to be back in that house in like 90 minutes or else. Like, I just remember this tethered feeling in like the best and worst ways. It was just very emotional. And, and I don't think I feel like that tether is a little bit longer, but it still is this, I, always on call, always on duty. Um, and whether it's the school calling or whatever it is, it, they just yell out. Some, do you remember when we played the mommy daddy game and one weekend they were just nonstop mommy, mommy, mommy. And I said, every time they say mommy, I'm going to say daddy, just so you realize, cause you tune it out. And how did that go? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of mommy, <laughs> no doubt. I, I mean, but I, I think that's just the reality of the situation, right or wrong. Like there is a default parent. I mean, the schools need to have a first phone number and a second phone number. We have two jobs with two different insurance plans. Do we use your health insurance or do we use my health insurance for the kids, for dental, for vision, right? I mean, those are all just default types of things. I mean, I think we do a pretty good job actually of looking at our calendars for the week and saying who can do what. But yes, the default is going to be, you know, who needs to be at work at 7 a.m. and who needs to be work at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. And, you know, if that tends to provide more flexibility, you know, to one parent or the other, there does there does tend to be a default for certain parental activities, no doubt about it. And, you know, I guess you can be resentful about it. Like I said, there's no uh, reason you can't uh, or you shouldn't be. But, you know, that's just I'm very practical and I don't think I'm like, 
you're the default parent because you have to be, but that's how I'm sure it comes across to you. Yeah, I I know we're we're running a little low on time, so I won't I won't beat a dead horse here. But yeah, I think I think some of it too comes from I I do have a fairly demanding job and that can be stressful for me when we're both feeling pulled in the direction of our work and yet there's a need at home and it, it's kind of I can feel less than and I know I've communicated that to you. So I guess coming I mean, we're not like post COVID yet. I I guess you could say like you're back in the office for the most part. But when you were home, I would say that that was a really good time in our marriage to you did a lot more around the house. And I I was very thankful and it, it helped us a lot, I would say. What do you think? Yeah, again, but I don't think you should be resentful. I mean, again, you can be, but like if I, you know, there are times where, right, I, I leave the house before anybody's awake or I leave the house before certainly well before the kids have left for school and I get home. Right. And the kids and you are back where I left you. Like, you know, like I don't want to say back in bed because that's not true, but like pretty much where I left you. And I can totally understand why it's like, yeah, we've, I've been here. I did a job today. I worked out. I took care of the kids. I left them at the bus stop. I got them at the bus stop. And like, you've been gone that whole time. So like, I can totally understand the resentment in that scenario. But I also, you know, I try to look at it from both sides and say, like, I I certainly didn't want to leave the house before you woke up. And I certainly don't want to get back after you've already done all those things. It's just happens to be the scenario of this Tuesday. And if we need to, you know, get help or support or, or figure out how it's not the case on Wednesday and Thursday in order to balance it out, then that's what we have to do. For us, I do believe that sitting down basically weekly and daily to plan the week ahead. And then the day to day has been helpful to me. And would you agree? Yeah. And again, I think, I don't think anything changed with COVID other than the situation changed. Like, I mean, it's interesting. Like you perceive that I became a better partner, marriage, father, whatever, because in my mind, it's like, yeah, if I had the the flexibility to do this, I'd do this all the time. It's not like I choose to not be present or I choose to be, sometimes I choose to be selfish, but it's not like I choose to be selfish or choose not to be present all the time. It's just the reality of who has more flexibility in their job and in their life. And, and we have to communicate and balance all that out. We do pretty good. I'll keep you. All right. Last but not least, we're going to set a goal as a couple. What's one thing that we could work on as a couple to strengthen, to help strengthen our marriage? Uh, Could be a shared goal or an individual goal. Any thoughts on this? I have done no thinking on this. Hopefully you have a plan. Yeah, great. Because I don't. So, I I mean, unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know. I feel like I'm very open to these types of things. Like if you say, why don't we do this or why don't we do that? I'm usually very agreeable. I usually don't have like a specific recommendation or um, I'm not usually bringing the specific idea to the table. But if there is an idea, I actually feel like you bring the idea and then I'm more likely to stick to it. Or, or you know, like if you if you do it for like two times or three times and I do it for four or five and then it goes away. So I, I don't know. I don't have a specific. Um, I think I would need more time to think about it. I don't have a specific goal, but I'm certainly open to discussion and open to setting a goal. I just don't have one off the top of my head. I commit to working on my technology at the dinner table. You're right. Usually it's like silly stuff, but yeah, like I'm looking up a song for the girls or yeah, anyway, blah, blah, blah. But I will do better with technology at the dinner table. You got it. I mean, I admit that there's maybe once a month or whatever where it's like, something's going on crazy at work for me or whatever. And like, I just, either it's technology at the dinner table or no dinner table. I think the point I was making is just, yeah, Facebook or Twitter, Instagram that can wait 10 minutes. Like you're going to probably be on your technology for, from 8 PM to 10 PM for the following two or three hours. So I don't know, just an observation. I don't think I'm using technology at the dinner table. So I'll have to get back to you on I- <laughs> <laughs> Good goal for the marriage. Go do it, Nicole. Thanks. Uh, I think we've gotten away from dates. I, one of my goals for the year is to get back to two dates a month. Are you? Do you agree to that? Do you agree, one, that we've been 
on less dates recently, mostly because we've all freaking had COVID at different times over the past. And then it was like the holidays. And I would say since late October, early November, we have not been as consistent. So three months now, less consistent with dates. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. But I think it's for all those reasons. Like, I, I mean, I think in general, again, compared to other couples in our situation, we're very fortunate that with our jobs, they require a lot of work and hours during the week, but the ability to, the the other thing is our kids are not yet like in travel sports or whatever. So the events tend to take, you know, evenings, not weekends at this stage. So we're very fortunate from that perspective that the things I mentioned earlier, like couples vacations or date nights on Fridays or Saturdays is very feasible. And I think that the last two or three months, and I don't even think we've gotten lazy. Like you said, I think it's more just been circumstantial and so I don't think that that's a big like commitment or a big goal. To be honest, I would hope that we would get back in that routine pretty easily. We're just perfect. And I love you. At least one of us is. <laughs> On that note, anything, anything, any wrap up? Are you good? I think I'm good. <laughs> good. All right. Thank you, Mark, for being on the show. All right. Awesome. And Gina, I'm going to turn it over to here. You turn it over to you here. It sounds like you've got something you want to add. Yes, I do. Yeah, I mentioned, we mentioned in our interview, Nick and I about our, and we've talked about her. She was on the podcast, Terry Manrique, who is our marriage coach. She's actually not a certified counselor, but she's our marriage coach. She comes into our home and helps us. And I will tell you, we've seen other marriage counselors. She by far has been the most effective and for us, for sure. Uh, But she did share with me, with us, actually. It's actually an episode from a, a podcast, and I'll put the link in our, in our show notes. It's Family 360. It's episode 57. And it was basically four things that can predict divorce in couples or just, hmm, I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word resentment, but kind of a destruction of relationship in between you and your children. So you can think of it as or things that you want to avoid with your kids and your spouse. And I just wanted to kind of throw this out there because I just think it was, it, it just adds something to today's episode. The first one was don't attack character. And this kind of goes back to if, you know, if you get really mad at your spouse, instead of saying, I hate it when you, I'll use the example of how, what I was talking about with Nick. I hate it when you yell at the kids and you raise your voice. Instead saying something like, I feel like maybe you're a little bit stressed, you know, I feel like maybe you need some time apart from the kids. Here, let me take over. So using those I feel statements instead of attacking character. Number two is contempt. So saying things or saying things in a way that make it your spouse or your child feel like you think that you're better than them. And I will tell you, I do this. And I didn't really realize this until you know, listening to this podcast and really having these candid discussions with Nick, but I definitely do this. And I think sometimes, especially as we talk about in our, in our interview, I do a really good job of taking care of myself. And sometimes I almost resent Nick for not doing the same with himself, even though that's not necessarily true. I'm just, I guess I'm just very much a perfectionist when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I think sometimes when I say things to him, such as, you know, have you worked out today? It's coming off as saying, you know, I worked out today. Why haven't you worked out? So contempt is really important not to get into that trap. And then also, same thing with your kids. Try to uh, avoid the mindset, the mindset that there should always be immediate obedience and compliance. So when you ask your kids to do something or to stop doing something, getting away from the mindset that they should immediately obey you and immediately comply with what you're asking Give them some time to process what you've asked. They will eventually do it. And this is something that Terry has helped me with, I think, and and I've been really working on this when she comes to do our parent coaching. Okay, number three is defensiveness. And I know this is where I think Nick gets very defensive. And to be fair, it's because I tend to nag. But defensiveness is a definitely a predictor for divorce. And not to say that we're getting divorced, but if you or your spouse is always defensive, perhaps there's something not aligning in your relationship. Why are they getting defensive? Is it because you're always coming at them? You know, for me, that's what it was. I mean, Nick was, we'd be on conversations with Terry or or on consultations with Terry, either online or in person. And he would just start to defend, defend, defend and get very defensive. 
and negative and grouchy in our conversations. And I stopped, I had to stop and think about why he was getting like that. So kind of just explore, you know, if someone in your relationship is getting defensive, why is that? And then the last one is stonewalling. And that's where the listener withdraws. And it's almost, I think, the next step after defensiveness. You know, they stopped even defending themselves or being defensive. And now they're just completely ignoring and uh, withdrawing from, from you completely. They're just sick of hearing it. They don't even want to hear it anymore. So they almost just comply to get you out of their face. Uh, so those are four things that I think are really important to kind of explore in your relationship with your spouse and your and your children. And again, I will link because there's so much more information on that to that episode of the Family 360 podcast that Terry shared with me. That makes me think of a quote. There's there's some quote about fighting in a in a relationship and how while fighting can be unproductive when you're not fighting or you don't have enough energy or care to fight is when you really need to be concerned. And yeah. that that last tip, you know, that last, you know, mention that that you made of of marriage predictors or relationship predictors, it just makes me think of that. And it's it's true. Yes, I completely agree with that. Once you've given up, it's like, okay, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> there should always be conversations and it's okay to fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there there are definitely good fights. And then I think a healthy marriage is going to have fights. It's just, you know, learning to fight better. <laughs> and I hate the word fight. It's just disagreements, arguments. You know, you don't want to necessarily fight, but very, very normal to have disagreements and arguments and you need those conversations for sure. Yeah, very much so. Ah, awesome. All righty. Mom win favorite new product or recipe, Gina? Yeah, I'm obsessed with these Clio snacks. Again, I posted these on our Instagram and someone asked me if they were frozen or just cold and they are not frozen, which is kind of, I think, why I like them. So they're they're almost like a Klondike bar, but with yogurt and but they're not, you know, it's not soft, smooth yogurt. It's kind of hard. So again, it's like a, this is going to sound really weird, like a lukewarm Klondike bar. I know that sounds, it doesn't necessarily sound tempting. You are not selling it. (laughs) I know. Okay. Okay. Imagine it's like a Klondike bar. I mean, if you like Klondike bars, this is almost a healthier version of, of one because it's not ice cream, it's yogurt. So it's got some probiotics in it, a little bit of protein, but they're a little bit smaller and they're just the perfect little 140 calorie snack. And I only know that because that's kind of how they market themselves. Only 140 calories. Uh, that's not necessarily why I'm drawn to them, but they're just so tasty. I pack them in my bag now. They come in a little box and then in a wrapper in the box. I bring one to work every day just to have as like a mid-afternoon or mid-morning snack. And they're just, ah, oh, they just hit the spot. They've got vanilla, strawberry, and I think blueberry flavors. There might be one more, but I'll put the link in our show notes. Awesome. Uh, back to the Amazon man. Uh, Mark. <laughs> talked about on the show. Uh, well, that's not entirely. It's off Amazon, but I put it on my Amazon wish list for Christmas. So it was a Christmas gift. Um, and it is a cold brew. Uh, I don't know. It's it's like a uh, pitcher. Like a, yeah, it's like a pitcher with a filter in the middle of it that you screw on. You put in a coarse ground coffee which they make cold brew specific coffee. I didn't know that. And you shake it up really good. And then you put it in the fridge for like 12 to 24 hours. And it is delicious cold brew. Interesting. So you can travel with this. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I think for me, what what I got in a bad habit of buying, I really like the Stoke brand of just unsweetened um, iced coffee. Have you seen it? No, I don't. No, I'm not an iced coffee person uh, at all. Uh, yeah, I am. So it's about $5 for, I guess it would be like a half gallon or about that. I don't know, whatever, that size. And that would last me two to three days. And the amount of plastic that that produces, it's just, it's just a lot. So I would, yeah. I would, I would buy three usually a week. So $15 in iced coffee. Mm. And it's it's just a lot of plastic. It's a lot of money. So I thought maybe this would be a better option for me. And yeah, it's a little bit of work because it's just something other than opening up like a plastic jug and pouring from it. Right. But it really is a good taste and flavor. And it's very simple. And like you said, it can travel. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm pretty happy with it. Okay. So I'm going nice. to link that on the show notes. The brand is called Takia. Takia. Yeah. yeah. 
And I'll link also the coffee that I bought, the coarse ground coffee, the cold brew that I bought. So okay. anyway, nice. I'm pretty happy with my purchase. It's very, very good. All right. And we have a review. So this is from EKG013. I love, lis- or sorry, love listening and learning. They are down to earth and keep it real. Great advice and recommend- recommendations for us all, not just those with kiddos. Love all the recommendations and information. I, I can use it with our family and my own health journey. Our, my slash our health journey, blah, blah, blah. Okay. <laughs> I cannot read. I think I screwed that one up a little bit. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, we love you. to see those. Keep them coming. All right. So coming up on February 20th, Cameron's birthday, we will be dishing about a, uh, we'll dishing out a, another recipe kind of swap test. We haven't done this in a long time, but this is with vegan and vegetarian recipes. We swapped our favorite recipes to try and then share with you along with some other vegetarian and vegan favorites. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitians Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. And check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets, such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. All right, everyone, until next time, be well. And Nicole, I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Take care, Gina. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.